News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to episode 177 of the Luke Messiah Show. Guys, I had a plan to come to you on several different things, and then the leadership of the House Republican Caucus revealed themselves to continue to be completely incompetent and determined to work against conservatives as often as possible. So uh, the Texan reported, I believe on Friday, I'd have to get uh, back on July 15th, that the Texas House GOP caucus is recommending the censure against three members for opposing incumbents. Okay, now these are three incumbents. So just to be clear, they are recommending that these conservative Republican members on the more conservative side of the party, this would be Representative Steve Toth from the Woodlands, Ben Lamont from Brenham, Grimes County area. Uh, and then Jeff Kaysen from Bedford, all be censured by the GOP caucus. And they're recommending that this happened because those three members opposed their colleagues' reelection. And they specifically went in and opposed more liberal members of the Republican Party. Um, this is a move to send, I think, probably the number one priority of this action is to send a chilling message to incoming Republican freshmen. So if you're the Republican caucus, one of the things you recognize, and we'll talk about this in future episodes, is that the Republican caucus is becoming more conservative. If you look at the incoming members, you have conservatives sometimes replacing moderates or liberals, and, and the overall makeup of the Republican caucus is going to be that it is more conservative than it was. The makeup of the Senate is going to be way more conservative than it is. <clears throat> so you're about to head into a legislative session where you have a more conservative caucus and the leadership of the Republican caucus has to send some messages that makes it clear to these incoming freshmen, you need to stay in line. And if you get out of line, there will be consequences. Here's what's crazy about this. Y'all will recall that Dustin Burroughs met with Michael Sullivan, Dennis Bonin, and said, hey, here's a list of 10 Republican members that I would love for you, Michael Sullivan, to go target in the primary. And if you do, if you go after these members, we'll get you some press credentials. We'll get you access to the House floor. This is the culture that often makes up the leadership in the Texas House, one of uh, more deception one of duplicity, okay? They're not telling you to act in the same rules that they themselves hold themselves to, right? They're t saying we're going to create rules that we're going to use to control members that don't act in line of in, in within the priorities that we want them to act in. And then for our own agenda, we'll do whatever we want to do. And he actually had to step down from, as caucus chair. But the caucus itself never took action against him. They didn't censure him. They didn't go after him. And not only that, he went from being the Ways and Means chairman to the next session being the Calendars chairman. So he actually got increased in his power and authority even after those actions, right? So what happens when three members that represent the more conservative third of the Republican Party 
What happens when they take action and tell people, hey, these Republican incumbents, they're not conservative? Representative Kyle Casal from College Station or Representative Stephanie Click, which Jeff Kaysen made very clearly, made clear to Republicans in Tarrant County that she killed Republican priority legislation in her committee. And we've talked about that on this podcast several times, but she never even had a hearing on legislation that would call it child abuse, that would call sexually transitioning a child child abuse. She sat on that bill. And even after the Senate passed a second bill, which Dade Phelan and Jeff Leach killed through procedural measures, she still sat on Charles Perry's bill and refused to even give it a hearing, vote it out and get it onto the House floor. So these members that were opposed are members who clearly lined up against Republican priorities. And so three different conservative members more conservative members of the Republican caucus said, hey, we're going to oppose them for re-election. And now the Republican caucus has come out and said, we're going to censure you for that. The same leadership that also backed up Dustin Burroughs, tried to keep Dennis Bonin in power, then worked to keep Dade Phelan in power. And that whole coalition has now said, we're going to censure these three members. So why? I mean, Ben Lamont and Jeff Kaysen are on their way out. Why go after him? Why censure him? Because it's not about punishing the three members. It's actually about sending a message to the existing Republican caucus. Don't go against us. Do not oppose our group of people. It's kind of weird because leadership almost gave some people a pass on Kyle Casal. They weren't huge fans of Kyle Casal, so they would kind of wink and nod and say, hey, if you want to oppose Kyle, you're okay. But ultimately, Kyle still won, and they're like, well, he's with us, and now that we're going to censure one person, we got to censure everybody, you'd think that this is kind of pointless. We're heading into November. They're constantly upset at the grassroots for going after their members and dividing the party and having contention, and yet they're going to come in and try to send a message to incoming Republicans, stay in line, or the caucus will publicly punish you. Rolando Garcia brought up, he's a friend of mine and a member of the State Republican Executive Committee, uh, that just on our Freedom Caucus episode last week, we talked to you about one of the rules that they try to catechize members into, which is privately criticize, publicly praise. Huge, huge, uh, let's just say this is like one of the themes that they try to instill in members. You have to understand this rule. This is a rule. But remember, the rule is there to control conservatives, not to, not to restrain themselves. And this is a perfect example of that. We're going to publicly censure these three members, two of whom are leaving our chamber. Why? Because we have incoming members who we need to send a message to. If you're Carrie Isaac, if you're Ellen Troxclair, if you're Terry Leo Wilson, Nate Schatzline, Mark DeRazio, Ben Baumgartner, uh, you know, Mano Diala, any of these other people that are coming in, okay? If you think that you're going to have your own ideas, you need to understand something. We will punish you publicly and never disagree with us publicly. That's the message that they're sending. Here's another message they're sending, which they probably don't think they're sending this, but here's, a, here's the good part of this. Uh, before I get to that, I'm actually going to tell y'all, Jeff Kaysen actually just released a statement 45 minutes ago. So I was sitting down to record this and I'll just read this to you. So he's one of the three members who are being targeted. And he said, 
The Republican caucus leadership has decided you can cheat on your spouse, break quorum, refuse to hear GOP legislation, and create lists of Republican members to target for defeating in their reelection in reference to Representative Dustin Burroughs' actions. But as long as you are doing this in conjunction with the leadership or you're a Democrat, there will be no consequences. So as long as you're on the team, you can do whatever you want to do. You can mess up the house. We can know you have all these personal problems. You'll still be put on powerful committees and be part of the team. You can even create lists of people and go target them. Just be in conjunction with us. You can break quorum as long as you're a Democrat because you're still going to be a committee chair. You're still going to be given your power. You're still going to be part of the team. But if you're not with leadership and you're not a Democrat, there will be consequences. Representative Kaysen continues, this whole issue is about the incumbent protection program. If you dare exercise your First Amendment right to oppose Republican members who oppose conservative policies, they will censure you. We have a duty to our constituents that supersedes any caucus, and that includes keeping them informed of our recommendations. We don't take an oath on the House floor to defend the caucus. Our oath is to uphold and defend the Constitution. That includes the right of free speech. I'm going to just tell you all this right now. The Republican caucus is very, very, very likely, if not absolutely certain, to by Friday have cast all their votes and vote to censure these three members. That's what they're going to do because leadership has told them this is what we want you to do. And it is going to be a message to each and every one of you. Now, here's the positive message of it. One, you should look to see who publicly comes out this week and stands with these three conservatives. Who is it that actually is willing to say, I'm not for this? Because that's going to be telling. Second, you need to understand that the Republican Party has its own ability to censure these horrifically bad, moderate, and liberal Republican incumbents. And the message that they're sending to you and me as grassroots conservatives is... We like censuring. And that's not a bad message because the Republican Party has its own censure process. Your local county can take action against these members when they stand up and oppose Republican priorities. And you should. So if the Republican caucus thinks that bringing censuring to the forefront of the minds of the Republican grassroots is a good thing. That's fine by me. It's probably the most positive thing that will come out of this absolutely ridiculous action. They're also telling you we're really not for unity. You should just understand that. So any amount of grief or criticism that you as a grassroots Texan get during the primary, when people say, I just can't believe you won't unify with us through November. Understand, that's all a joke. They make rules to tie your hands behind your back. But they will do whatever they need to do to keep their power, to centralize their power, and to send the right message to the right people. Stay in line. They need these incoming Republicans to stay in line. And they need them to not try to push all the ideas that they campaigned on. If you just campaigned on a ton of property tax relief, we don't really have plans to do that. 
If you just campaigned on passing all these Republican priorities, we don't really have a plan to do that. And when we don't do it, you need to shut up about it. You need to be quiet about it. You need to not talk about it. And if you do, we'll publicly censure you. We'll break our own rules about privately criticizing because it keeps you in line. So that's what it's doing. And if you're a Texan, you don't want to be kept in line. Get involved in your party. If you're not a precinct chairman, you can't bring forth censure resolutions against your incumbent Republicans. These are the actions you need to be ready to take. Get to know your precinct chairman. Get to know your county chairman. Talk to them. Say, if our Republican member steps out of line, we want to be able to censure them. Because they've made it clear through this action. They like censuring. So let's bring it on. Let's censure more. It's truly a remarkable thing. Um, Look this week, see who actually steps up and speaks out on this issue in general, because I think it is going to be an incredibly important thing to understand. Some of you may have seen in the news that the Texas power grid has come uh, fairly close to having rolling blackouts and other serious issues. Uh, We are grateful that that has not happened up to this point. One of the things that you need to know, and power grid isn't necessarily the the coolest issue to talk about. It's not what you talk about or even around the kitchen table until your lights stop working. So it was talked about a couple years ago, but as long as the power grid doesn't fail, then we're all pretty happy with it in general. Here's what you need to know. The only reason the grid came close to failing at different times has been because of all of the green energy that Texas invests in. And we, Texas taxpayers, subsidize of a massive amount of wind and solar energy. And wind energy stopped producing over the last several weeks. And on those days that ERCOT, our the you know entity that manages the grid, came out and said, hey, everyone needs to stop turning on your lights and keeping your home so cool and like conserve energy. It was due to the fact that the wind energy that we rely on for a certain portion of the energy that we produce was producing fractional amounts of energy because the wind wasn't blowing. It's not reliable and consistent. Now, why is there so much money going into wind energy? And the reason is because this is basic economics, Texans. When we give massive property tax subsidies, we tell these wind farms, hey, you don't have to pay property taxes on any of your stuff. And then they've got all these federal grants and federal money they can pull down. You basically have the state of Texas and the Biden administration both working in conjunction to say, we're going to throw massive amounts of money your way if you build these green energy producers, be they wind or solar. So we have this problem and there have been members of the legislature that have tried for years to reduce any subsidies to these green energy programs. The reason being they're not reliable and they can't be relied upon by Texans to actually keep energy in their homes. So this is going to be something that gets talked about. It's going to be hard to talk about if the grid doesn't go down, which is a thing that we hope doesn't happen. But you have to understand that politicians by nature don't like actually addressing anything that everyone's not talking to them about. And the average Texan's not going to talk about the grid. They did when it went down, but if they can just keep it going, even if it's barely kept where it needs to be, it's not going to be an issue as we move forward. That is okay, but you need to understand that Texas still has that problem. And you need to be aware of it. You can go to the Texas scorecard. They have numerous stories on the grid. 
And I think you will find some information there that keeps you informed as to what is going on and how the policy decisions and the tax subsidies that our state taxpayer, state lawmakers are making actually has an effect on you and the power grid that serves you. Lastly, I just want to make sure this is on your radar. The comptroller has come out and increased the amount of money that he has said is going to be available to provide property tax relief. Jacob Asmussen has uh, a story on this at Texas Scorecard. The Texas government expects to haul an astonishing $27 billion surplus. $27 billion. We're going to have a surplus of $27 billion. That is larger than some states' entire budgets. And it gives us a very unique opportunity to provide a massive amount of meaningful property tax relief. And to date, both the Republicans in the Texas House and Texas Senate have not indicated that they're going to take a massive chunk of that, even a majority of it, and use it on property tax relief. And so you should be following Texans for Fiscal Responsibility, Texas Scorecard. We had Tim Harden on a number of weeks ago. If you haven't followed up with them, follow that organization, Texas Taxpayers, Texans for Fiscal Responsibility, and actually figure out what is being pushed out there. And you reach out to your Republican lawmakers and tell them what you want them to do with that $27 billion. Because I can tell you this, every single lobbyist, taxpayer-funded lobbyist, private lobbyist, every single group is sitting there getting as much of that money as humanly possible. And if Texans don't show up and say, that's our money, we paid for it, we're being taxed with inflation, we have less money than we've ever had, disposable income, we'd really like you to give as much of that money back to us as possible. If not all of it, then it's not going to happen. So you need to be aware that lawmakers continue to be told pretty regularly, y'all are going to have even more money. And they're not coming out saying, hey, we were going to only give $10 billion, but now we're going to give $13 billion. Oh, we have more? Oh, we'll give $15 billion. You are not increasing as a priority with the more money that they get notified that they're going to have by the Texas Comptroller. So have that on your radar, understand the importance of it, and continue to make this an issue going into next session. Thank you for following along. This will be an interesting week. By the time we come back to you next week, the, I think, results of the censuring of those three members should have been announced. So I'm sure we'll bring you an update on that issue. God bless you. And God bless Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messias Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you and God bless Texas. Texas.